0: Welcome back to another episode of the Connected Aviation Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, Woodrow Bellamy III, and on this episode, we'll be discussing electronic flight bags with Collins Aerospace. This episode is sponsored by Collins Aerospace. The company just launched its new Flight Hub electronic flight folder with access to a new fuel savings application. Check out collinsaerospace.com for more information about that. So on this episode, I recently had the chance to catch up with John Merritt, who works on flight deck and electronic flight bag applications for Collins Aerospace. John is the former director of flight operations technology for United Airlines, and he provides an in-depth understanding of how the use of electronic flight bags by airline pilots have advanced over the last decade and where the use of tablet EFB applications are going in the future. So let's get into our discussion with John Merritt of Collins Aerospace. So, John, first, for those in our audience who are unaware, can you just give us an introduction to your name, job title, background and current role with Collins Aerospace?
1: Sure, absolutely, Woodrow. Uh... This is, uh, John Merritt and I'm with, uh, Collins Aerospace. Specifically, uh, I have the, um, flight deck applications and I'm the VSL, uh, for the flight deck applications. My background is, uh, within the aviation industry. I've been, uh, involved for 22 years at a, uh, airline. And then now, uh, I actually, uh, I was happy, uh, to uh, to talk to my colleagues earlier last week. I actually hit one year at at Collins Aerospace. So excited to be here. And uh, uh, that's kind of a little bit about me.
0: And where are you based out of for Collins Aerospace? And, and, and what are some of your day-to-day responsibilities there right
1: now? Sure. I am uh, based out of Annapolis, uh, Maryland. Um, my day-to-day responsibilities uh, really are looking at uh, the flight deck space, the uh, applications that pilots are using, and uh, trying to look uh, beyond just this year next year uh, trying to to peek down the road and see where um, pilots a- and airlines would like to go and and how we specifically can help them get there
0: and that's the main thing that we wanted to talk to you about today on the podcast actually, you know Collins aerospace certainly provides a lot of different technologies that our audience is very familiar with, Uh, but particularly we wanted to talk to you today about some of the newer connected tablet electronic flight bag or EFB applications that pilots are using in flight today. Um, And I know this is a topic you're very familiar with, John. If you are to look just at some of the newest um, connected tablet EFB applications that airline pilots are using today in flight, um, you know, What's been the most significant change versus maybe 10 to 12 years ago when an iPad in the cockpit was more seen as a paper replacement?
1: Yeah, I, I think that, that that journey that everybody has been on um, over the past uh, 10 to 12 years is one that, that absolutely um, was critical and shaped the industry uh, as of late and, and specifically shaped the flight deck um, in, in, those, in that last decade. It has been something that um, has been full of opportunities as well as as challenges. Uh, in order to to move beyond just that initial scope or that initial jump into electronic flight bags and into the the tablet revolution, uh, in doing that, it it has been primarily about creating or or working in a field of uh, innovation, using the innovation that that the the uh, consumer device has allowed us to do, but then taking it a step farther and making sure that that innovation itself was um, deployed and used safely and capably uh, in in the flight deck. So that big jump in the past year was, or the past 10 years, um, was something that I, I think everybody looked for that opportunity to do. Uh, and then some of them, uh, some airlines really pushed harder and faster than others. And and some took a wait and see uh, attitude as to uh, how is this, this particular innovation going to be accepted by pilots and by the industry? And then where's it going to take us? Um, one of the things that I've noticed is that it really has um, been something that's been embraced by many of the new pilots that are coming on board. So, Uh, I guess as with everything, um, the more comfortable you are with that technology, the more willing you are to use it and embrace it and really look for the airlines and for the carriers to push the envelope with, hey, I I really would like to see um, uh, new and and more um, innovative applications in the flight deck uh, with that iPad or with that uh, tablet device. And then you've got a, a, a number of pilots who felt very comfortable with what they were using before, and in doing that, um, uh, it, with the change that's happened, they've had to to really uh, begin to understand it, feel comfortable with it, and then they they they've taken to it, I, I guess, uh, fairly well. And it's something that we look to continue to uh, leverage and and utilize as we move. Uh, really, I think that journey. To the next step. So, where does where does the flight deck go from here? From the past ten years uh, to the next ten years, I think is is really where uh, I'd I'd love to to spend some time with you and talk about.
0: Yeah, I definitely want to learn a little bit more about the next ten years as well. And you know, so maybe a good starting point for that would be to say, if you were to just look at, especially what you know, Collins is enabling for electronic flight bags today and, you know, even, you know, just kind of companies in the market, what are some of the things that pilots are able to do today uh, in 2022 that they maybe weren't able to do in 2010? If you can give any specific examples of any innovative new tablet applications or ways that pilots are using uh, electronic flight bags in flight today.
1: Yeah, I would say uh, number one, um, it's really the connected aircraft that has allowed us to start looking at and doing more things within the flight deck. So that's probably the biggest leap forward, given that connectivity. So being able to take the flight deck and almost treat it as if it is uh, on the ground with the same type of Wi-Fi capability that we have um, uh, every day in our offices and in our homes. But using that particular uh, asset to connect the electronic flight bags and to connect the applications becomes key to the next level or next generation of applications. And I think one of the big things that that I would say we're looking at is uh, being able to take that connectivity and feed information and feed data to the pilots to allow them to make um, absolutely wonderful decisions in terms of efficiency and in terms of um, sustainability, something such as being able to uh, optimize their route uh, in flight uh, tactically. So, flight profile optimization is something that that many airlines are looking at. It's many um, uh, the the chance to um, be more efficient, save fuel, save time, but also uh, look and and be concerned about what we're. Uh, how we're operating in the environment. So reducing our, our carbon footprint is part of that. So in order to do that, or where we've been able to leverage the connectivity, is uh, feeding that data, feeding that information up to the pilots, giving them that situational awareness of what's happening, and then allowing them to make that decision, and and really and truly becoming more efficient by doing that. And you know based
0: on your as you mentioned involvement in the directly in the airline industry and you know now that you've been in your role with Collins can you talk a little bit about what is the actual process that an airline goes through in terms of making a selection or adoption of a new EFB application which may not be as easy as it sounds you know especially considering when you have a thousand pilots or more at an airline that all have to use the same type of application or across different aircraft types. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: That's something that that many people forget about. Uh, one, its I, I won't say it's easy to create an application um, because it's not <laughs> now living on this side of uh, of the fence, but the application getting into a pilot's hands takes a lot of steps and takes a lot of um, uh, process uh, to to make sure that everything is working uh, exactly like uh, we would like it, and exactly like the airline would like it. So, looking back, one of the things that that really um, was the most difficult part of getting a new idea into uh, their pilots' hands is the business case. And and I think, how do you pay for it? How do you pay for an application? Um, How do you pay for all of the 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 nuances that need to go behind using that application in the flight deck um, is where many airlines have struggled in the past and where I think we can help and and identify ways to um, push forward that return on investment for the airline so that they're they're really ready to make that business case and really ready to to uh, deploy the application. I, I think once you get that piece done, once you've identified where the money's coming from um, to do anything uh, with an application or or in your pilot's hands, the rest of it uh, starts just to become process and starts to become a, a component of um, training and uh, bulletins and safety uh, evaluations and then subsequently, the pilots being comfortable using it and the data that's flowing to it—all of those pieces, while they do take a while to accomplish, um, certainly uh, become more commonplace for pilots these days and for airlines deploying applications. So, uh, helping them before that ever happens becomes something that that I think uh, is is where we stand out. It's something where where we can help. Uh, each of those uh, flight operations departments uh, identify ways to uh, get their get their business cases uh, made and developed, and then after that, um, helping implement it, uh, identifying where uh, training can happen, um, the the components in that training for pilots, and and where some of that critical path is um, to ultimately getting the application in the flight deck and on their EFBs.
0: And we talked about before, you know, what are pilots able to do today that they weren't able to do possibly 10 to 12 years ago. Um, but here's another question just like that. If you just look at, you know, the existence and kind of prevalence of the adoption of EFBs today and the use of tablets by pilots and cockpits today for airlines, what ways are they still limited just overall um, you know, just have you know? are they able to kind of unleash the full capabilities of EFBs yet or are there still some limitations placed on the way pilots can use them?
1: I think there are certainly still limitations uh, as we think about uh, software and as we think about using uh, our laptops and our computers on the ground or even our phones uh, and tablets that we have on the ground. Um, it's just not the same. Uh, in, in the flight deck and at forty thousand feet, the the thing that I've always said, and and as I've talked to to pilots and and others uh, in the industry, that one of the biggest limitations that we continue to need to work towards and continue need to um, kind of wean out of the system, really, is the fact that pilots don't have a help desk at forty thousand feet. They can't pick up a phone. And call um, their helpline to say, "I can't log in, I can't connect, I can't whatever their ha- their issue happens to be." So what that means for us in terms of developing uh, process and software is to think about that before it ever happens. It's think about how we can eliminate the uh, risks involved in that software. Uh, running on an EFB, um, knowing what a pilot's looking for, uh, knowing that their workflow is very specific to a phase of flight. All of those elements are part of what goes into uh, building uh, fantastic software for pilots and for the electronic flight bag. A key part of that Woodrow really is being able to have pilot feedback and input into the development of uh, the application, into the to the user interface, into the process flows that go into uh, building great software. That helps us all the way down at the end when we're in production and when pilots are using the software. It, it allows us to say, yes, we're able to solve for that problem or provide a very uh, understandable solution for a pilot who is basically by themselves with that, that software at 40,000 feet. The more we can do that, the more we can engineer out, um, some of those issues ahead of time is really what's going to make, uh, our software and, and the experience that pilots, pilots have much better.
0: And considering you do have that great software functionality within the EFB itself, let's talk a little bit about aircraft connectivity. And, you know, a lot of airlines are adopting high speed connectivity. Almost every major, you know, US carrier today is either adopting or, you know, considering or in the process of equipping with higher speed connectivity. When you do have an aircraft that's equipped with high-speed connectivity, um, and you look at, you know, the the fact that passengers can obviously use it for certain cabin applications, are there still certain ways that pilots are limited in the way that they can use the in-flight internet? Because I know a few years ago, that was a particular topic for some pilots, uh, especially in my attendance of the EFP users forum and learning some of the use cases that, that you know, pilots wanted to use tablets for. But Curious to get your perspective on that. Is that still the case? Is there still some limitations in the way pilots can use the in-flight connectivity?
1: I don't want to uh, make any assumptions uh, because everybody has different um, guidance that that they get from their uh, principal operating inspector um, through their their governing um, uh, institutions, whether it's the FAA or or Eurocontrol or other. So I don't want to specifically say that they that they can or can't do anything. What I will say is that one, um, the and I don't know why this is. I I wish I was smart enough to figure this out. I'm I'm just not. But the internet at at forty thousand feet does not operate the way that my internet works here. And by that I mean um, I'm used to, and we kind of all are used to. We're spoiled. Uh, these days, we're used to uh, the speed and the connectivity to download movies, watch movies, um, chat, run an application, and uh, have four other people in your house all doing the same thing all at the same time. And we don't expect any glitches when that happens. Um, And so that's first and foremost, is that when we compare what's happening on, in our living rooms and in our offices on the ground. It is a different experience in pilot's office in the sky. And that being, they generally don't have gigabit speed uh, internet uh, in the flight deck and or on the uh, access to it in, in the aircraft, which means the experience that they're going to have is absolutely going to be slower. The other is um, we're... Uh, static, we're sitting in one particular spot and that aircraft is going at 600 miles an hour and the beam switches that it's using to connect to the internet um, are happening frequently. And the acquisition of that new uh, beam uh, to the aircraft is where the experience, uh, how that transition is happening is really where the experience starts to come to play. Given all of that and given the complexities of that, that means the experience pilots have and the expectation that pilots have um, really has to be set before we ever give them an application or before we even allow that to or or them to do something within the Internet. And what I mean by that, Woodrow, is I can't expect to push up um, a gigabyte movie Um, and or uh, feed for information to a flight deck and expect the pilot to see that instantaneously. It's just not going to happen. And what is going to happen if I do something like that is that pilot's going to be frustrated. Um, They're probably going to close the application and restart it, uh, potentially restarting the download or, or, or however the information is flowing. So we've got to think about that going into it. That's first and foremost. Um, if they do have open internet, uh, it, it just becomes something that, that is, um, it, it has a lot of uh, pitfalls, in my opinion, where pilots are looking for, potentially can look for information that just isn't um, uh, for them. Maybe they're looking at a different weather site or looking at a different weather feed um, or information about uh, delays that are happening. Um, at, at a particular airport. Uh, I, I think all of that means that their downloads or the information that's coming into their device are the same downloads that we would get on the ground. It's not optimized for the flight deck. It's not optimized for the bandwidth. If we identify what those data elements are that pilots are looking for, that's absolutely something that can be push to their device, push to their uh, applications. And the experience that we would build for them or that we do build for them uh, becomes a lot more seamless, a little less frustrating, and a little more um, to exactly how they expect that particular information. So I think we still got a lot to learn in how we're presenting information uh, to pilots in the flight deck. But it's certainly something that that has changed over the past five years, at, at least um, as it relates to uh, internet connectivity or IP connectivity um, that, that pilots and flight decks are using these days.
0: And you mentioned the, the last five years there. So let's, let's actually switch that forward and look forward about five years from today. If you were to look at, you know, looking at the way that uh, EFB t- tablet applications are being developed today. And sort of the pilot usage trends that you talked about and also the challenges that still exist, if you were to look about four to five years down the road, you know what are some of the newer innovative applications or new ways that you expect pilots to be able to use EFBs that they're not able to use them today?
1: I would say um, uh, given the length of time that Applications and usage and technology hits the flight deck Um, five years from now for for us is already here. It's already it's something we need to think about because um, pilots are looking at what's out there. A lot of times they're they're in their um, uh, personal airplane or private airplane they're uh, GA pilots outside of being commercial uh, pilots. Uh, so they see the technology that's happening uh, and they just want it in their commercial flight deck. So they're constantly looking at what's coming and asking for that technology in the solutions that we're providing. Knowing that and, and knowing that they're a uh, very uh, demanding uh, audience in terms of the uh, the technology that they desire. Looking five years out, uh, it, we almost have to look beyond that, but but let's just look at five years out. I think that the first thing that, that I would say uh, is coming is that um, today data is very segmented. It comes into pilots um, in a very singularly focused feed. Uh, each each element is and has typically been developed to feed an application. Um, so, if a pilot wants to look at ten different data strings or elements, they've typically in the past had to look at ten different applications um, that get pulled in. One of one of where the industry is is moving and and where we're. Uh, excited about going is pulling in um, those data streams. And instead of pushing them to pilots singularly, it's aggregating them and and uh, making them available or having them be available through a singular application, um, what we call flight hub. Uh, that hub becomes the data points and, and the central centralization point for pilots to look at, all of the data that they've historically looked at in multiple applications. Um, I I, I described this the other day uh, by saying, uh, we're really part of this digital um, innovation and digital revolution. And we love to use this digital technology, but we're using it in a very, uh, the, the industry continues to use it in a very analog way and so as we move forward and as we look down the road 5 years um we're looking to truly uh make this digital transformation for flight decks be digital and pull them out of that analog um thinking and put them into uh, kind of how uh, the rest of the the um um IT worlds and companies have been looking at and that's really what our focus is uh, at Collins, and we're excited about doing that.
0: Right. And it will definitely be interesting to continue to watch this technology develop into the future. And, uh, John, I think our audience certainly learned a lot today about EFBs and how airlines select new applications. So thanks for coming on the podcast today.
1: Oh, thank you. I really do appreciate the opportunity, Woodrow, and um, it'll, it'll be great to see you again in person here soon.
0: That brings us to the end of another episode of the Connected Aviation Intelligence Podcast. You can subscribe to our podcast on the Apple iOS Podcast app or any smartphone or tablet podcasting application. Feel free to rank and comment on our podcast as well to let us know how we can improve. It also helps others find the podcast. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Connected Aviation Intelligence Podcast.